Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the Preacher's Devo podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. The Preacher's Devo podcast is designed for those seeking some devotional thought on certain biblical truths and doctrines of the faith. Throughout the podcast, I offer an analysis of the content found in the Heidelberg Catechism. I have picked the Heidelberg Catechism for its easy-to-follow structure of 52 what are called Lord's Days. We are in episode number 14 and in Lord's Day number 14. Though right now is not the Christmas season, we are going to talk about the reason for Christmas, the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Which leads us to the first question in Lord's Day number 14. What is the meaning of, quote-unquote, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary? Again, here a reference to the Apostles' Creed, an allusion to the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Since it has been a while since we have visited the Apostles' Creed, let me read to you again the first line of the second stanza of it. And Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, our Lord, which, by the way, we explored last week, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. The answer given by the Heidelberg Catechism is as follows. That the Eternal Son of God, who is and continues true and eternal God, took upon Himself the very nature of men, of the flesh and blood of the Virgin Mary, by the operation of the Holy Spirit, so that he might also be the true seed of David, like unto his brethren in all things except for sin. So many things here to unpack. Folks, first, Jesus is the eternal Son of God. We have established that in previous podcasts. One thing is for sure. He is and continues to be the true eternal Son of God. He has been from eternity past and will be for eternity future. What we do know is that he took upon himself the very true nature of man. Romans 9 verse 5 says, Of whom are the fathers and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all the eternally blessed God, and amen. And here we are also reminded of John 1 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Again, a reference to Christ's everlasting nature. Let's turn now to Christ's conception. Here, the Heidelberg Catechism says, Of the flesh and blood of the Virgin Mary. This is significant because it speaks of both Christ's deity and His humanity. Galatians 4.4 4 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. And from the famous pericope of Scripture in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18-20, through 20, we are reminded of Jesus as being conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Let me read to you Matthew 1, 18-20. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Notice, of the Holy Spirit, not of Joseph. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Son of David, Joseph, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And in Luke 1, 35, it says, The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is born or is to be born will be called the Son of God. So here we know that Jesus' birth is given or was accomplished by the operation of the Holy Spirit. 
Note that in the answer to the Heidelberg Catechism, it says that Jesus were to be, or that he might also be, the true seed of David. Why is that significant? Well, it is significant because Jesus is the promised Messiah of the Old Testament, to whom the prophecies of the Old Testament are fulfilled in. And remember from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 20, that Joseph is referred to as a son of David. The text specifically is pinpointing Joseph as a son of David to draw us back to this messianic promise of the Old Testament in the person of Jesus Christ. When it comes to the Incarnation, another doctrine does come to mind. It is a doctrine of condescension. Ask yourself this question. Who benefits most from the Incarnation, God or mankind? The answer is obviously the latter. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who is known as the Prince of Preachers, in 1857 preached on the doctrine of condescension, which is founded primarily in the passage of 2 Corinthians 8.9. 2 Corinthians 8.9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. In context, there is a contrast between the poorer church of Macedonia and the richer church of Corinth and their example of giving. Though the church of Macedonia was poorer, they gave more. Paul then takes the opportunity to talk about Jesus Christ himself. Remember that we have established that Jesus is Lord. If he's Lord, he doesn't need anything. In other words, he is perfectly fine. He is fully rich, eternally rich. So Jesus has never lacked anything, nor does he need anything. And here I offer you a quote from the sermon that Charles Haddon Spurgeon preached. He says this, And now, dear friends, the argument of the apostle shall be our subject today. It divides itself in an extremely simple manner. We have first the pristine condition of our Savior. He was rich. We have next his condescension. He became poor. And then we have the effect and result of his poverty, that we might become or be made rich. Throughout his sermon, Charles Spurgeon also goes back to the Incarnation, especially the Nativity, to speak of Christ's poverty. He makes mention of a dilapidated stable, a manger, swaddling bands that were or clothes that were of the kind of a children of poverty because Jesus didn't have much. He was a son of a father of a, here he mentions a carpenter and so forth and so on. So Jesus was born in poverty, but yet though he was rich. And finally, he asked this question, why did the Savior come to die and be poor? Well, Scripture says, for your sakes, for our sake, he came and he died and became poor. Praise God for his salvation. Praise God for Christ's humility to come and become one of us, to humble himself and become as one like a slave, as Paul says in Philippians chapter 2. It is because of Christ's poverty in that sense that we now are fully rich in the presence of God. Which leads us to the last question asked in Lord's Day number 14. What benefit do you receive from the holy conception and birth of Christ? The answer is soteriological in nature. In other words, it speaks of salvation. It says this, that he is our mediator, and with his innocence and perfect holiness covers in the sight of God my sin, wherein I was conceived. So you see there's the idea of conception here, that you and I were born into sin, but Christ was not. And therefore, he is the one that can become our mediator because through him, his innocence and perfect holiness, we are covered in the sight of God. This answer, again, 
is redemptive in nature. It speaks of Christ's own sacrifice for his people, the people of God. Here, the verses from Hebrews chapter 2, verses 16 and 17 are offered. Let me read them to you. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in all things, he had been made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. And indeed, that is what we receive. That is the greatest benefit of Christ's holy conception, his incarnation, is that we are redeemed from our sin and from its fangs. Because of Christ, we are freed from the poisonous infection of sin. But what is our role? Well, folks, we must repent from our sin and we must confess our own poverty before God. And here I offer you 1 John chapter 1. And we end with these final verses, verses 7 through 9. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. You see, we have to acknowledge our poverty before God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So friends, I encourage you today. Confess your sins before Jesus, accept his sacrifice for you, and you'll receive forgiveness for your sins. Again, thank you for listening to the Preacher's Devo Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. And until our next podcast, stay encouraged, encourage others, and keep growing in Christ. God bless. By the way, feel free to share this podcast with your friends and family, and also to subscribe.